0: Welcome podcast listeners to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons & Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Fayrune where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... The party headed back to Sir Estable's to wash off the stench of adventuring and get gussied up for a night on the town. The Lady Luck Tavern was jam-packed with the exuberant townfolk who welcomed our party with hip hip hoorays. Those guys had earned a name for themselves. Kind of, as well as great adoration from all who had heard about their bravery and valor. A great party ensued, starting with a game of threes and the prize of a new treasure map. Elric pursued his carnal pleasures. Jake grappled with his desire for fool's games. While Esme and Cullen hung out in the VIP room before hitting the dance floor. Fancy party cloaks were worn. Strategic ways to extricate were surveyed. Old men blocked charisma. Thankful stiffs jammed all night. A great sense of optimism and joy permeated the tavern until Esme spotted someone from her past. I feel a chase coming on. Who is this blast from Esme's past? Can you modify Shocking Grasp for social occasions? Will Cullen learn to lighten up a bit at parties? Eh, does Jake have a gambling problem? Sure seems like it. Well who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sort House.
1: A crackling fire burning in a fireplace. Our view then slowly winds out to reveal a bed covered in silk sheets with two bodies moving around underneath. (laughs) (laughs) Then we hear a voice say, Oh, Elric, you are a Polar Master. That's right, baby.
0: Oh. PG. No. <laughs> <laughs> <G-g-g-g. laughs>
1: then, uh, we cut to the lively and crowded Lady Luck Tavern, where Esmer just climbed up the center pillar and gave a gave a rousing toast and is now up near the top writing something on the pillar. And then she noticed a gnome in the crowd directly across from her on the on the upper balcony section of the tavern. And uh, Esmir then recognized the gnome as someone from her past. Someone who she thought was murdered alongside her fiance 15 years ago. And Esmir, as, as soon as you realize who this gnome is, the gnome starts running. Roll initiative.
2: Yeah, just roll it once.
1: Um, it rolled with disadvantage for some reason. Disadvantage on dex checks. Oh, it's because you've been drinking. Oh, that's... Oh, right, 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 right. Still got a 19.
2: Yeah, I can hold my liquor. (laughs)
1: All right, Esmir, you've just seen someone who you thought was dead, and that someone is now running through the crowded balcony uh, across from you there and you see the, you know, taller humans, they're reacting and moving out of the way as this uh, gnome is, you know, running around in between their legs. So, what do you do?
2: Just because the map's the way it is, Mm -hmm. how far away from me is he? Like, how far away from me is the balcony?
1: It's about 20 feet away from you.
2: Okay, so let's say I jumped off of the pole, like pushed my feet off of the pole, like kind of okay. kind of using some momentum. Right. And jumped across using my arms to reach the balcony. Is it even possible for me to make it?
1: I don't think you're going to make it. Without a running start? No. No, you won't make it.
2: Okay. I'm going to scream <laughs> as loud as I can. Get that gnome! <laughs> and then I'm going to... Oh no, you know what I... Well, (laughs) I was thinking maybe Asmir could be like, stage dive. (laughs) And so everyone turns and looks and I'm going to try and like run on top of people because I'm pretty small.
0: Run on top of people. (laughs) 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 The Flaming Lips guys does it. (laughs) They'll love you after that. (laughs) He's got a big balloon, but you're small.
2: If Wayne can do it, I can do it. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) All right. And it's going to be in slow motion. So it's going to be cool even if I fall.
1: Okay, so so you want to jump off the pillar Down onto the crowd below you.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna say, give me a boost, people. I'm one of those guys. (laughs) And I'm gonna try to run and like jump off a couple people's shoulders and jump onto the bar and jump onto the ledge. (laughs) But I have magic boots and a lot of charisma. I don't have a lot of charisma, but that's okay.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. First, uh, let's see if you make the jump off the pillar onto the crowd down there. So roll an acrobatics check.
2: Okay. Oh, boy. Acrobatics. Come on, diceys. Why? Did I roll? Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh, you rolled a two and a one. Oof. Fudge. That sucks. So, Esmir, uh, you yell out, get that gnome! And then you leap off the pillar and down onto the crowd below you. And as you're falling towards the crowd, you you realize that they've, you know, gone back to partying. And they're no longer paying attention to you.
0: Not cool! <laughs> and at the last <laughs> second,
1: they see you and they react by getting out of the way. Right? And you slam onto the ground. Ugh! Oh.
2: Stupid hippies.
1: Oh, and you take (laughs) six points of bludgeoning damage from slamming onto the floor. Cullen and Jake roll a perception check with disadvantage. okay. I'm not that drunk.
3: 14 and a nine, it dropped the 14. Uh, bummer, I
4: had a 15, it would have been 18.
1: All right, and uh, Jake, go ahead and roll initiative to put yourself uh, an initiative order in the tracker. Now, Jake, you're over by the stage there listening to Jerry and the Thankful Stiffs. Uh, you know, these guys, they're not half bad. Uh, when suddenly, you think you hear Esmir's voice above the din. I mean,
3: what I'm imagining is that I heard her scream. With my earlier role of a 16 and my perception, I was thinking that I might have heard her scream and turned around really quick to see her kind of leap off of this thing and fall into the crowd would that be
1: correct? Well, you turn in that direction, right, of the voice that you heard. But Esmere is on the other side of the pillar, right, opposite you. So you didn't see anything. Oh, okay. Uh, but it definitely okay. sounded like Esmere.
3: Okay.
2: The distinct sound.
3: The distinct sound of Esmir. I know that voice from anywhere.
2: <laughs> and she's not cackling.
3: But the interesting thing, though, is that Jake is... Um, enamored in a in a way of admiration toward this band right? Jake loves bards. He'll do anything to save a bard and uh, so I think that he would be looking back to see what he heard but at the same time drawn
1: towards this band and just loving it. Okay, cool. So, Cullen, you watched Esmere climb the pillar and make her toast up there, uh, but then she uh, moved to the other side of the column out of your view there. And you didn't hear her call out because you were you were distracted by some people that were congratulating you. Uh, so what do you want to do? Do you want to do anything? So what I'm going to do is, at normal speed, walk around the column because
4: I realize I have not seen Esmeralda in some time.
1: Okay. So you start making your way through the crowd towards the other side of the pillar. Now, speaking of normal speed, uh, this is how we're gonna handle that in this packed tavern. Esmere, uh can move normally because she's small, right? And she can maneuver around and through the bigger folks' legs and stuff. But for you humans, the entire tavern is considered difficult terrain. So your movement is halved. So if you wanna move quickly or dash, um, the most you can go is thirty feet. Okay.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. All right. So Esmir, you are face down on the on the wet, sticky floor of the Lady Luck Tavern. Uh, you're seeing some stars, right? You banged your head, yeah. and you look up, and you don't see the gnome. Uh, but you see some you know people are crowded around you okay. and they're saying oh man are you okay and hey you got to be careful climbing that pillar there and yeah especially after a couple drinks
2: yeah i know bro so <laughs> okay so i'm going to stand up and i'm going to dash i'm going to put my head down like a bull and i'm going to start running through the to get to the top of the stairs okay and i'm going to and i'm going to yell out does anybody see a gnome
1: other than me (laughs) because i know they're all drunk they'd be like yeah we see one yes you won you're right there (laughs) all right so uh you made it to the top of the stairs and you look down the balcony in the direction you saw the gnome and then you see him running right towards you okay and he sees you
2: We're like, we can see each other through the people's legs.
1: Yes, and he sees you at the top of the stairs there, and he stops. And for a moment, time slows, right? Goes into slow motion as you both intently look at each other. And then he leaps up onto the railing and jumps off the balcony down onto the first floor. And Cullen, you're walking around the corner of the pillar there, sipping your drink, when suddenly you see a small person, perhaps a child, in like a crimson cloak, leap off of the balcony railing and down onto the table below. Crash! Food and drinks go flying, Uh, the people sitting at the table, they spring to their feet or they fall off their chairs in surprise. And then that small person leaps off the table and into the crowd, at which point, when he, when he leaps up, you see that he is a gnome. And then that gnome begins running through the crowd towards the front door. So Cullen, roll initiative and get uh, into the combat tracker. Okay. All right, Esmir, Sibu just leapt off the balcony and then you hear a crash and people scream. And then, uh, so then you look through the railing and you see him running through the crowded tavern towards the front door. And you also see Cullen there by the pillar looking confused. What do you do?
2: All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, can I cast something? And I could do my movement. Yes, right? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to cast a minor illusion. And it's going to be my voice as loud as it could possibly be with all my magic oomph into it. Okay. And I'm going to say, McGregor, get that gnome! (laughs) And I'm also going to dash to try to get to him, too.
1: Okay. So now we're going to start a chase. So chase rules will be in effect. So after your turn, uh, if you remember, you'll roll a d20 for complications for the next person in initiative order.
5: All right, cool.
4: Okay. I turn over my shoulder and I say... Jerry, play some fiddle. It's a
1: bar chase. <laughs> Something. Jerry gives you, he gives you a thumbs up. You got it, dude. Okay, so uh, Colin and Jake, you guys definitely uh, hear Esmere's voice now above the music and noise here in the tavern. Something about getting a gnome. Uh, and Cullen, you know exactly what she's talking about because you saw that gnome jumping down from the balcony, uh, but Jake, uh, you have no idea what that means. <laughs> alright. Okay, so Esmir, you said you wanted to chase Cebu, right? Right. So you cast Minor Illusion as your action. You can go ahead and move. What do you want to do?
2: Well, you know what? I'm gonna jump onto the bar too. Okay. So, and I have my boots.
4: It wasn't. It wasn't the bar though. It was a table just yeah. on the other
2: hey, side. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Who are you? What's this voice in my head? It's. It's. It's bringing me down, man. I got magic boots, and goddammit, I, I want them to work in my favor just once.
4: You know, run down the uh, handrail like Uma Thurman in Kill Bill.
2: Ooh. No, I'm gonna jump onto the table.
3: So are like people just putting their drinks back down on the table (laughs) after they just like spilled (laughs) and now she's gonna knock off. What are the chances? (laughs)
2: Yeah, what are the chances that two gnomes are gonna fall on your drink in (laughs) one (laughs) night?
0: That was the fizzle, I'm the (laughs) fizzle.
1: One, I can see. <laughs> All right, so Esmere follows and leaps off the balcony and smash, lands onto the same table. More drinks go flying and uh, people at the table are like, what the hell, flying gnomes? Man, this party's getting out of control. Uh, other people are like, no way, man,
0: this is awesome.
1: <laughs> and Cullen, you see this. You see Esmere fly down onto this table and she doesn't look like she's goofing around
2: i see you timbers and i'm gonna get you
1: i suppose she's serious about catching that gnome now Esmir, roll a d20 to oh, see yeah. if there's a complication for Cebu. nice a oh
2: 20.
1: my god <laughs> natural 20. god bless
2: america
1: all right so you can see uh, the tavern patrons, right, react as if something's happening on the ground, you know, below them as Cebu continues running for the door. Now he rolls a complication for Cullen with a with a negative one modifier because Cullen's a little buzzed. And he rolls a one. Of course. <laughs> oh. So complication for Cullen. Okay, so Cullen, you just witnessed the leaping gnomes and you heard Esmere call out, McGregor, get that gnome. What are you going to do? And remember, every square is 10 feet for you.
4: Um, I get to the other side of that suit of armor and that'd be it. He'd be at the door. And then I got my complication. So, all right. So instead of going that way around the bar, I'm just going to go over to where Jake is.
1: All right. And as you're quickly making your way over there, uh, someone slides their chair out right in front of you as they stand up uh, from their table. So roll an acrobatics to try and avoid the chair. Acrobatics. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, an eight. See, I knew I shouldn't have had anything to drink. What? What? Come on, it's a party It's just silly Okay, so you didn't avoid the chair in time And you slam right into it So you have to uh, move back five feet And uh, you take 1d4 damage As it whacks you in the shins oh, man And you take three points of damage From a chair Well, it's a good thing uh, you had those couple drinks now Because uh, with the five temporary hit points you got uh, You didn't even feel it
4: Oh, really? I forgot about the temporary opinion
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now roll a complication for Jake and roll it with a negative one modifier, because he's a little tipsy too. 17! Okay, no complication for Jake. Nice. Alright, so Jake, you're in the crowd there listening to the band when you suddenly hear Esmir's voice. McGregor, stop that gnome! What are you going to do? Um... Well, I heard Esmir scream,
3: stop that gnome, and I obviously I turn around and look to see what I'm assuming is I'm going to see people like moving away, him pushing his way through a crowd, right? So you kind of see that movement in the crowd?
1: Yeah, you see, uh, you know, people quickly moving out of the way of something. They, you know, they spill their drinks and they curse uh, as if someone, you know, pushed them, uh, but you can't see what they're reacting to. Okay, so I'm going to look up. Is the door open or closed? It is closed. It is closed. Yes. Okay.
3: So I'm going to try to cut him off at the pass. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to move 5, 10, 15, 20, and stop right here in front of the door. Okay. To try to cut this guy off at the pass. Um, I want to... Let's see. I I want to... Be able to slam the door shut with thaumaturgy if he tries to pass.
1: Okay. Well, you can ready that, and then the you know the trigger will be uh, if he opens the door. Okay. I want to ready thaumaturgy. All right. Cool. Now uh, go ahead and roll a complication for Esmir with a negative two modifier. Okay. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> zero. Zero. <laughs> wow. Two minus
3: two. <laughs> Does that mean I can fly?
1: Sorry, Esmir. (laughs) All right, so Esmir, you just leapt off the balcony and landed on this table, startling the people here once again. And you uh, look out and you see your quarry running through the crowd towards the front door. What do you do?
2: I'm going to... Okay, so I'm going
1: to dash. Okay, so you jump off the table and start running after him. And halfway uh, through your dash there, your path is suddenly blocked by a group of young men surrounding another young man. And they're chanting, chug, chug, (laughs) chug, chug, chug. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to roll an acrobatics check to try and, uh, you know, nimbly make your way through these guys unimpeded.
2: Acrobatics. Acrobatics. Oh, two ones. Oh my God. God. I'll take a one. I'll take the one. (laughs) Freaking kidding me.
1: (laughs) All right, so you can't find a way through and you have to make your way around. So that slows you down by 15 feet. So uh, So you can continue your dash, but only move 15 more feet.
2: All right, so instead, as I'm going around the crowd, I'm going to do like a Neo in the Matrix move, but I'm going to use the guy's ass to jump off their wall. What? You can't see it, right?
1: I'm trying to see it, but it's hurting my head. I'm <laughs> not seeing it. I'm
2: seeing it. And then I'm going to get to here, and I'm going to piggyback myself on the gnome. I got you, Timbers!
1: Well, that would be an action, oh. and you already used your action to dash. Okay. Oh, I was loving that okay now roll a complication for the gnome okay
2: buster a three
1: that's good okay complication for him nice he's complicated gnome
2: things are gonna get complicated for you buster
1: (laughs) so he sees that you're you know hot on his tail Asmir, but he's focused on getting to that door and he keeps running and as the crowd parts in front of him he sees the door and Jake's standing in front of it with his arms crossed like a bouncer. And I say,
3: where do you think you're going, wee man?
1: <laughs> and he, uh, he realizes that the front door is no longer an option. So he uh, sharply turns left towards the stage. Wait, so he runs past me. Yes, he was running right at you, Jake. And then, you know, without even slowing down, he turned on a dime and bolted towards the stage.
3: Uh, My
1: uh, eyes just bug out. Where's that man going? (laughs) And as he does this, a waitress holding a full tray of drinks walks right in front of him. So (laughs) now he has to make an acrobatics check to avoid smashing into her. And he rolls a 24. Oh, oh. (laughs) He just slides underneath the tray in front of the waitress there. Uh, She doesn't even spill a drop. And uh, (laughs) after he slides, he leaps up, does a flip and lands right on the stage.
3: Man, he hasn't been drinking.
1: And I'm impressed. Jake is totally impressed. And he rolls a complication and rolls an 11. So no complication for Cullen. Oh, wow. No complications. So, Cullen, you're uh, making your way through the crowd there. When by the door, you see a waitress like juggler tray. And then a second later, you see that crimson cloaked gnome flip up onto the stage. What are you going to do? All right. One, five. Uh, Ten. Uh, Fifteen.
4: Uh, Twenty. So, I'm going to. Push Jerry over, out of the way! Wow, <laughs> bro, buzzkill, dude! Bro,
1: why are you harshing my mellow? <laughs> G- grab that! No, we're trying to catch him. He's a wily booger.
4: And I try to get around him on the side here, and end here. Okay, and I dashed. So that's all I can do. I think, right?
1: You could, uh, you could use your action surge if you want to try and grab him. Oh, okay. I try to grab him.
4: Okay. I mean, if that's a bad idea, I don't want to beat him in the head and not render him
3: unconscious. That's bad form. Give him a big hug. Well, just don't kill him. He can always wake up and we could interrogate him or simply ask him questions nicely. But he's disrupting my bards.
4: Yeah. Well, that's okay. Jerry was just in the middle of one of those really long <laughs> solos.
5: Where he's just like,
4: Nice. he's
1: just going on wait? and on. So Cullen, roll your athletics to try and grab him. And he's gonna roll his acrobatics to try and avoid your clutches.
4: Athletics? alrighty then. Is that, I, I think I'm drunk enough that this might actually be at disadvantage, but
1: we'll see.
5: 25. Ooh, no, nice. Plus seven, 25. And he
1: rolled an 18. <laughs> so you grab him as he tries to run past Jerry there. Uh, and I say, hold on there, fellow. My friend wants to talk to ye. I would. I'd listen to her if I were you. And we cut back to the river shining where the warm light from a fireplace flickers on Elric and Clementine lying quietly on the hotel bed then uh, uh, Clementine turns over to Elric and says, Oh, Elric, I'm having such a wonderful time meeting a handsome hero. This is so exhilarating. Oh, d-
5: <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, of course. Elric's sleeping. I, mean, I kind of woke up. I was just, I was just spacing out for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, you. Why, thank you, Clementine. <laughs> So,
1: Elric, you were telling me that you're from a land far, far
5: from the Sword Coast. Is that true? That is absolutely true. I'm not from around here. I'm from south of here in uh, the Fief of Albion, which is in the land of Cormyr. Ooh, Cormyr. It sounds so, it
1: sounds so romantic.
5: So I'm I'm Cormyrian, I guess, or Albonian. Uh, my father is a great lord in, in, uh, Cormier. A great lord? Wow. So what's, what's your home like? It's a castle. We call it Raven's <laughs> Home. You live in a castle? Well, until I started adventuring. Now I sleep outdoors or wherever. Indoors, outdoors, it's all the same. Well, it's not all the same. Actually, I prefer indoors <laughs> to outdoors. But, I'll you know, I can sleep outdoors. That's no, not a problem. <laughs> uh, but you have to, you have to give up some, you know, some of the luxuries of life when you're adventuring.
1: That sounds amazing. Well, I guess we have something in common because I'm not from around here either. Okay. Though definitely not from a castle in a land far, far away. I'm from a, I'm from a village about about three days' ride uh, north of Waterdeep, called Amphail. Oh, okay yeah it's a small boring village that's just known for breeding horses oh cool yeah but that wasn't the life me and my brother wanted so one day we just left that stinky horse manure smell behind and we went to Waterdeep to start a new life and wow what a surprise that was it was so crowded with people have you ever been to Waterdeep no no, i've never been to Waterdeep did you know that the population of Waterdeep is over a million people. No, I
5: did not know that. I didn't know it was that big of a city.
1: Well, I didn't even think that many people lived on the whole of Faerun.
5: Well, it was too much for me and my brother.
1: So we decided to try a smaller city and that's when we left for Daggerford. Okay, cool. And then uh, you see she gets like a sad look in her eyes and she kind of looks down and she quietly says, "But." My brother didn't make it here. Oh, what happened? Well, the caravan we were traveling with was attacked by a group of bandits and their dogs. Oh. (laughs) Luckily, I was aboard a wagon that was able to get away. But my
5: brother, he wasn't so lucky. Well, I think those bandits uh, have been cleared out. Cleared out? What do you mean? We've been encountering bandits and goblins and orcs on the road, and we've been slaying everything before us. Wait, so are you saying that that those bandits are gone? I Well, if I'd have to see their bodies probably, but uh, we encountered a, a group of bandits on the last time we came in, and uh, they had attacked us earlier. And We left one guy as a warning to the rest with his underwear on top of his head, and he didn't really care for that. So he rounded up all his relatives and then he stole our horses and then we tracked him down where our horses were and we had him and his relatives and a lot of dogs attacked us. It was an epic battle. You should have seen it. That does sound epic.
1: Wait, you put someone's underwear on their head? Well, is that is that something
5: adventurers commonly do? Well, I didn't do it myself. (laughs) Someone else in our party did. But I didn't try to stop them or anything, I mean. <laughs> uh,
1: this is great news, because I've been wanting to get back home to my family, but I've been too afraid to leave Daggerford because of those bandits. But now that they're gone, I can actually start, start thinking about returning home. Oh, this is wonderful news. And she kisses you on the cheek and says, uh, let's
5: celebrate. Where's that bottle of wine at? Oh, sure, it's in this... Uh... Ice bucket. <laughs> ice bucket, because there's tons
3: of ice in Daggerford.
1: <laughs> so Elric opens the bottle of wine and begins pouring it into some glasses. And we cut back to the lady lock, where Jake, you just watched as Cullen leapt up from the crowd onto the stage, pushed Jerry to the side, and grabbed the gnome. <laughs> The band has stopped playing and the crowd begins to boo. Boo! boo. <laughs> what do you do? Um. So you have him
3: grappled?
4: Yeah. Yes. You do? I imagine he could make a strength check to escape
3: or dexterity. He might or be able to, but um, I'm wondering if I could put something on him to. You know what I want to do? I want to give Cullen guidance. Okay. Can I put my finger on Cullen's head and go, I give you guidance, boy. <laughs> and then that way, if he tries to make a strength check, he'll have this 1d4. Okay. Could I do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to
1: um, bless Cullen with some guidance. All right, so Esmir, you were chasing Cebu when all of a sudden Cullen and Jake are up on the stage. Uh, The band has stopped playing. The whole tavern is now looking towards the stage. Like, what's going on? What's (laughs) happening? And you can see that Cullen has managed to grab Cebu. What do you want to do?
2: Okay. I'm going to rush over there. I could make it there if I dash.
1: Uh, Yes. Sorry, Jerry. This is important business. Hey, what, what's going on, guys? I was just in the middle of one of my really long solos. <laughs> the crowd was loving it.
2: That's cool. Keep singing, bro. Keep singing. I'd push him over to the side.
1: And as Esmir jumps onto the stage... Uh, the gnome tries to escape from your clutches, Cullen. So roll another athletics check uh, to see if you can hold on to him as he starts squirre- uh, squirming, right, and pulling away from you. Let go of me! Unhand me, you overgrown ape! Twenty-one. Twenty-one, nice. Yeah, my plus seven really helped, and your three really... Plus seven is massive. ...polished Alright, so the gnome is struggling against you, right, trying to break free, but he only rolls a nine. So he can't break free from your grip. So he just kind of, he stops struggling and he just kind of gives up and stands there. I say
4: to him, look, I'll let you go if you promise not to run. We just want to
1: wear it with you. And he, he looks up at you and he just gives you like a dirty look.
2: Okay, I tell Cullen, grab him and let's go outside. All right. Right now.
3: So can I grab the other, like, arm or whatever? Can we sure bind him
1: enough to where he can't mm-hmm. get away? Okay.
4: <laughs> we carry him out by the arms.
2: And I say, you don't let go, don't let him go.
1: And Jerry's like, uh, whoa, what's going on? Is this like, is this like hero business or something?
3: Don't worry, Jerry, we'll be out of your way in no time.
0: Keep playing, keep playing.
3: <laughs> and I just kind of wave my hand.
1: Think of it as think of it as performance art. Oh, gotcha! Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so you guys uh, grab Cebu and carry him off the stage, uh, and people in the tavern give you space, right, as you make your way to the front door. And there's like a you know a murmuring and whispering going on. They're like, "What's going on? What are those guys up to? Something's going down." And as you make your way out the front door, uh, you hear Jerry say. All right, all right, let's give it up for that performance by those guys reenacting how they caught the Red Wizard. Yeah, all right, woo, woo All right, let's get back to the music and, and party in the, and the tavern just erupts in cheers. Okay, so you make your way out of the stuffy tavern and into the cool night air. And you kind of move yourselves away from the front door and the glowing oil lamps there and into the shadows a bit for some privacy. Esmir, what's going on? What do you do?
2: Uh, okay, so Esmir is going to... Esmere looks like really, like, uh, white. Like she's lost the color in her skin. And she starts... Frisking him, basically, looking like looking at his body and touching him and but aggressively, as if she was checking to see if he was real, and touching his face, and then she starts looking through his clothes, his pockets and stuff like that. Alright. I'm like, what how is it how is this possible?
1: And he says, Alright, Esmir, alright, you can stop that. It's me, it's it's me, okay? I'm not a ghost. Who is this Esmere? Do you know him? Esmer?
2: I'm not, like, I'm not uh, able to respond. I'm like, foc- I'm like focused only on him. And I can't really hear anything else around me.
3: And I'm going to look over at Cullen and just give him the, the WTF eyes.
2: <laughs> Esmeralda,
4: please. You've got to guess, give us something to go on. Why did why did you have me grab this man? Should I break him over my knee?
2: And then I start and then I start shaking him. I grab his collar and I start shaking him. I'm like, How is this possible? Answer me! And then I like slap him in the face.
1: Okay, you slap him across the face, and then he slowly looks back at you, and he says. Well, that is a good question, isn't it? Hmm, let's see. I haven't been brought back from the dead because your elders burned my body on a pyre. Hmm. Oh, maybe maybe it wasn't my body you watched burn. And then a mischievous smile forms on his face.
2: And then I'm going to I am going to jump on them and tackle him down to the ground. Where's Pepper? I'm gonna, sl- I'm gonna slap him across the face.
1: And the gnome, he looks up at you with, with wide eyes. Well, you've changed quite a bit in the last 15 years, haven't you, Esmir? Heroes of the Western heartlands, I heard him calling you in there. The big folk calling little Esmir a hero. Isn't that something?
2: Where's Pepper? I'm gonna slap him in the face.
1: All right. So you've been slapping him around here, and blood is starting to trickle from his lip, and uh, and he looks up at you and he says, uh, "You know, I've been wondering about something as well. Why did you become a wizard and not a cleric of Garo Glittergold like your precious boyfriend?"
2: I'm going to take, I'm going to start choking him. (laughs) Uh, is not like how you've ever seen her before. She is like in another like kind of realm of being. She's not acting rationally.
1: Okay, so you put your hands around his neck and start squeezing and he doesn't really resist. He just looks into your eyes and then he says, well, if you kill me, You'll never get the answers to your questions.
2: So I'm, like, straddled on top of him, and I'm, like, freaking out. And uh, I say, somebody better take me off of him because I'm just about to shoot a firebolt in his face.
3: <laughs> Jake, Jake is genuinely concerned about how Esmir is acting. At one, one... In one... uh you know, side, I want to help Esmir kind of kill this guy, but at the same time, well, so... All life is precious.
5: And
3: I, and I don't think that I've ever seen her um, act this way before, so it's very, uh, it's, it's weird. So I want to pull her off, but I want to make sure that we're not going to just let him go. So Cullen,
4: grab him! All right, so I'm going to say, I'm going to grab the guy, uh, just pick him up so that separate the two of them, basically. Drag him away and separate him away from
1: her. Okay. So you guys jump in and separate the two of them and the gnome, you know, he's coughing and sputtering and he's, (coughs) no, no need for any more shenanigans, okay? I'll tell you what you want to know. Not because I'm afraid of you or your oversized friends here. But because I believe it's fate that brought us together in this this backwater town. When I saw Pepper's name on that column in there, I knew something was going to happen. And then, here comes Esmir, walking into the same tavern. And then, that's when I knew it was fate. So obviously,
3: um, I'm hearing all of this, and I want to cast Zone of Truth to make sure that he doesn't lie. Okay. Uh, he cannot speak a deliberate lie if he passes his charisma saving throw. All right, so charisma saving throw?
1: He's got to make a, uh, yeah, charisma saving throw. He rolls a 13 and he needed to beat a 15, right? So he right. fails. Right on. And, and he doesn't seem phased by you casting a spell, Jake, right? He just keeps looking at Esmir and he says, and is
2: remember- just like, just she's just trying to not freak out. And she's trying like to do everything possible, not to just lose
1: it again. Okay. And he says, uh, remember how Pepper found me in the gutters of Suzale, a dirty gnome urchin waiting to be saved. Well, that was all an act in order to get close to him. And of course it worked, because like all clerics, they just want to grow their flocks for their needy gods. And I... Uh, uh, <laughs> bite your tongue, boy! <laughs> we man! <laughs> oh, you can deny it all you wish. It doesn't matter what dogma they preach, because in the end, the gods desire power. And more followers equals more power. That is not true. We give back to the community, to the needy. Whatever helps you sleep at night, Cleric. But it's that very thinking that makes you Cleric so easy to manipulate, and what made it so easy to take down Pepper.
2: All right, Esmere jumps on him again.
1: Okay, so Jake, you you pulled Esmere off this gnome, so are you gonna hold her back, or are you gonna no. let her go?
3: No. No, I'm going to let her go. No, after he's come on. Blasphemy, you little wee man. But sorry, Esmir. And I'm going to jump on him and I'm going to
4: make no, a- Well,
3: I have something to say about that because I'm holding on to him. Well, you you have one arm because I let the other one go.
4: Yeah. Well, I put my arms between the two of them and I say, Look, let him tell his, have his say. He's obviously got something he's burning to tell you. And then... If you don't like what he has to say, I'll gladly stick my sword down his throat.
2: And then as he says that, as he says that, Esmir gets a little bit more calm.
1: (laughs) Okay. And he continues. So, uh, so after, after almost a year of being the perfect disciple and listening to all the constant dribble about Gar Glittergold, It was time for the yearly pilgrimage to the gem-cutters of Suzale. And it was there, in a back alley, that I sprung my trap and took down Pepper. Are you happy he's dead? Oh, my dear, dear Esmir, you, you misunderstand what I'm saying. My happiness has nothing to do with it. I didn't do it for personal reasons. I did it for money. And the people who hired me were quite explicit. They wanted him alive. Who? And we cut back to the river shining. <laughs> oh no! We start on a close-up of wine being poured into a glass, and we widen out to see a naked Elric and Clementine laying on a bearskin rug in front of a crackling fire.
5: Okay. Cool.
1: And Elric, you're having a great time, Uh this is what it's all about, man, (laughs) on your own for the first time, having great adventures, killing goblinoids, finding treasure, and now you're partying and relaxing with a beautiful lady. You are feeling pretty good. Ah, cool. Excellent. (laughs) And she puts her head on your shoulders and says, Oh, Elric, I feel so, so lucky to have met you tonight
5: well I feel lucky too <laughs> luck be a uh, lady luck be a, yeah.
1: so Alric do you have a fair maiden waiting for you back in Albion
5: no I do not actually really well I I wanted to get out on the road I wanted to adventure and, and I mean there's been women of course there but that's you know like serving wenches and whatnot but that's oh kind of, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't like girlfriends or anything um, <laughs> <laughs> Just you know
4: the excesses of privilege.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh well, that's nice, I guess. But I was thinking that if what you say is true, and the and the road north has been cleared of trouble, then
5: perhaps you could come visit me in my hometown. Oh, so how so do you, you say you? Where did you say you were from again? It's like north of Waterdeep. Yes, a small town called Amphail. Amphail. Sounds nice. I guess, if you like the smell of horse manure. <laughs> but, but Like I said, we took care of the, 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 the big bandit group. I don't know if there's still dangers on that road. There probably will be dangers on the road. But like I said, the ones that stole our horses, and uh, his name was Cletus and his whole family. And uh, Cletus? What a strange name. Ah, oh, yeah, I know. We chopped Cletus's head off and stuck it on a pike by the roadside. Oh, and, uh, that sounds gross.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not really in a hurry to go back. Sasha from the Lizard's Gizzard has been nice enough to give me a place to stay, but I should go back to tell my parents about what happened to my brother. Other than that, I really don't have any reason to go back home. I mean... I used to. I was once betrothed to a man from my hometown.
5: Okay. What happened? Well, I guess you could say that it just didn't work out. Oh, okay. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah.
1: Someone killed him and put his head on a pike, and then you feel something sharp stick into your side.
2: Oh, no! I knew oh, it. oh no. that's the story why I, I, about her brother. Oh, it was so obvious.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I was like, that's why the hair in the back of my neck was standing. Loose
3: up.
0: lips sink ships.
3: <laughs> you hear in the back of your head. Oh man.
4: Not quite the innocent little buttercup we thought she was. <laughs> oh Clementine. You should have known. <laughs> How?
2: Her name's Clementine. My mama named me Clementine because I was real pretty.
1: All right, Elric. Clementine twists the knife and then she leans in and says in your ear, you and your friends are gonna pay for what you did. And then she pulls out the knife, blood squirts out all over the bearskin rug, all over her naked body. Roll initiative with okay. disadvantage. Okay. Disadvantage.
5: Oh, 18. Oh my oh. God, a 19 and an 18,
4: 20 and an 18. Wow. Oh my God,
1: what luck. Timore, was smiling on you. All right, Elric, you've been stabbed by your date and you just realized that Clementine is part of the Cletus gang and she wants revenge. What do you do? I stand up and I call on my glaive. Okay, your glaive just appears in your hand and you see a, a surprise look come over Clementine's face. She wasn't expecting that. But <laughs> oh, as yeah. you stand up, the room starts spinning uh-huh. and your vision gets, it gets a little blurry and you're definitely feeling more than just drunk. Oh, great. And Clementine says with a smile, uh, I hope you enjoyed the wine. I put a little something special in it for you. Oh, fantastic. So you are now poisoned
5: and will be rolling at disadvantage. Okay. All right. What do you do? You're going to join Cletus now. Yeah. I attack her. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, all right. Uh, Glaive, you're going to attack. Disadvantage. Disadvantage. Five. Six is an eleven. Eleven misses. Uh-huh. She
1: she jumps up onto the bed and uh-huh. your glaive just slices through one of the bed
5: posts. Well, I'm gonna burn an action surge then. Okay. All right. Action surge. Glaive. Come on. Yeah 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 Ah yeah. oh, crapola of crapolas. Oh my <laughs> man. Two one. Jesus. A freaking one. Snake eyes. Oh man. <laughs> what are the odds? Oh my goodness. You got inspiration from going I, from earlier. I do, have an ins- <laughs> I do have an inspiration, diet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. You're naked with a glaive and feeling very vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> and you just rolled two ones. Well, if it wasn't for the poison, you know. All right, so with my inspiration, I'm gonna roll that again. Okay. Let me uh, disadvantage uh, glaive. Oh, man. Oh, seven. You hit. seven. You hit. It doesn't matter. You hit. That plus okay. six. All right. Damage. I can just drop it on her, right? Yes. Nine. Oh. Nice. something.
1: All right. You swing up at her on the bed there, and the Lucky. glaive, it slices her midsection. Blood sprays out all over the sheets. Nice. Yeah. That's a nasty cut. She wasn't expecting the glaive, but she... She grits her teeth and she leaps off the bed and lunges at you. Ah! Oh, she rolls a two and misses, but she has multi attack. She rolls on the ground, comes up behind you, and strikes again and hits with a 15 and does five points of damage as she slices your leg. Okay.
2: Where was she keeping that knife?
1: <laughs> but you partially, you partially absorbed, partially. Yeah, partially absorbed. <laughs> partially, <laughs> you that's partially how I <laughs> <laughs> That's because of the temporary hit points from all that alcohol
5: he's been drinking. Nice. Ah, he's feeling so feel great. it. Yeah. I went up to the third level. That's nice.
2: Kinda, you're gonna feel that tomorrow.
5: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> all right, Eric. Uh,
1: Clementina sliced you again. You're drunk poisoned and naked.
5: What are you going to do? You know, I kind of expected a fight while I was naked all week long, but I didn't see (laughs) it. I thought like two guys would break in or something and I'd have to fight them. But I expected a nude battle. I did expect a nude battle. That's a funny dream. You
2: you did some manscaping just in case.
5: Just in case, you know.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, your instincts were correct. You're naked and in
5: a fight. What are you going to do? Okay. She's still targeted. So I'm just gonna do the same thing.
2: But you're not gonna roll two ones.
5: Hopefully. (laughs) Glaive. Uh. Ah, you missed. Missed. You
1: swing wide and your glaive smashes all the, all the decorations on the fireplace mantle.
5: I'm gonna give the bonus butt now.
1: Ah, and the butt also misses. Okay. She dodges out of the way. You smash a, a candelabra off the bureau. ha, <laughs> I'm not as slow as my brothers Chubbs and Jimmy. <laughs> and she spins the dagger in her hand, rolls to the other side of you, slicing you as she moves. And misses with a seven. All right. And then she, she jumps up onto the bed again, springs off, and slices at you again. And misses again. Ah, uh, too fancy. Too fancy. Yes. The room is spinning and so is she.
5: She's spinning circles around you, trying to keep you off edge. What are you gonna do? All right, as she's jumping over the bed in a high arc to stab me, I kind of duck a little and spin and stab straight up at her with my glaive. Nice. Oh Oh, man, and a plus six. I
3: wish
1: I was there to... Bless you. Mm. (laughs) Your glaive misses and
5: stabs into the ceiling. Pieces of wood and plaster just rain down on you. (laughs) All right, glaive bonus action. Hopefully that will do something. Disadvantage.
2: Come on, dice. Don't be jerks. Shit. Garbage, dice.
1: Disadvantage is the worst. Yeah, you're finding it hard to focus. There's like two of her, and you keep swinging at the wrong one. (laughs) There's two of everybody but me. There's four boobs. (laughs) Alright, she uh, dodges both ends of your glaive and she spins around you again and slices twice as she moves. First one misses. Just uh, just inches from your face but the second one connects and does seven points of damage as she puts a big slice down your back oh. all right Elric Clementine is moving around you keeping you off balance you're uh-huh. having a hard time tracking her everything's blurry and spinning whoa, blurry, what are you gonna do uh,
5: um, she, she's like bounce dancing around me so I, I'll go if she's going clockwise I'll go counterclockwise I'll go like the opposite and I'll just I'll just do a big sweep with my glaive. Hopefully I'll catch a like a scythe, you know, going through wheat. Right, right. So okay, here we go. A glave. Wait, disadvantage. Come on. Okay. Glaive. Twelve misses. Ah. Oh man. I, I still have the bonus action. Okay. Yep. Okay, bonus action. Yes. Yay.
1: Okay, so it hit It hits. Roll damage. Puts her into heavy. Six points, puts her into heavy. So she easily saw, uh, you know, your big sweep coming and ducked underneath it and your blade hits the wall and slices right through a painting. But uh, she forgot about the back end and it uh, cracks her in the jaw. She staggers back and slams into the bureau, smashing the mirror and now, now she's pissed. I'm going for your little pecker now. And she <laughs> lunges at you <laughs> and hits with a 15. Ooh. Oh, oh, doing six more spot. points of damage. Ooh. Oh, six <laughs> points to the old feller. <laughs> the old feller. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. And then she swings again. And hits with a 16. Doing four points as she puts a big slice across your chest. Mm. She's slicing you up. I know. You're starting to look like Bruce Lee with all these cuts all over your body. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What are you going to do?
5: So, uh, let me click disadvantage because I'm just going to keep whacking at her with the glaive. I don't have, like, time to cast a spell or anything. So Yeah, your brain is so foggy it'd be tough to focus on a spell.
1: Yeah. So, glaive. Oh, no. Oh, for <laughs> no. <God's laughs> sake. And eight misses. What the hell? She dodges your swing, your glaive. It comes down on the bed and foof, Feathers just go flying
5: everywhere.
2: <laughs> Hope you didn't leave a credit card at the front desk.
5: <laughs> All right, bonus action again. Then. All right, oh, yes. not bad. There
2: we go. It's
5: Twenty and a fourteen. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, bonus action damage. Puts her into critical. Oh,
2: wow. Chipping away,
3: chipping away. My six points. points. My That's bonus nice.
5: doing more damage than the blade you're doing great with the
3: d4
1: you've got two threes all right the back end that. connects again and whacks her in the side of the head and she she staggers back against the fireplace and you can tell you've uh, stunned her right but she wants revenge and she leaps up and flies towards you bringing the dagger down
5: yeah
1: and hits with a 24 Sheesh doing seven points of damage. Damn. The blade digs deep, putting you into heavy. Oh, no. And then she pulls out the blade. Your blood sprays out onto the walls, and she spins around for another slice and hits with a 12, doing another four points of damage.
2: Worst date ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Elric. All these little slices are starting to add up. I'm not feeling so hot. No, you're not. What are you gonna do? Okay. So, glaive. Miss. Just barely. You slice off a lock of her hair.
2: Okay. The butt never lets you down. The butt never
1: lets you down. Don't say that.
5: Come on. He's gonna get jinxed. (laughs) Bonus action. Disadvantage. Jinx. A
2: miss.
5: (laughs) Another miss.
2: You're drunk and poisoned. Yeah. The roles are matching the story. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, you're both now, you know, staggering and panting. And uh, she says, "Ah, you, you, you'll be returning to Albion in a pine box. And she lunges at you. Ah! And hits with an 18, doing four points of damage. Oh,
5: man,
1: what a battle. And she spins behind you for another strike and hits with a 16. Oh. Dang, she's wild And that strike yeah. puts and you into critical.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> with
1: a dagger, with a little you dagger. You can't
3: die. You can't die because we don't know where you're at. Right? <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh man,
1: it's not looking good, Elric. You have 10 hit points left. Uh, it good. looks like your fun night may be your last. What are you gonna do?
5: <laughs> All right. Uh, second wind is a bonus action, right? Yes. Okay, so I, I might do that instead of my bonus, but my bad. bonus has been hitting her left and right. So I will take my glaive at disadvantage. Um, glaive, a miss. Yes. My bonus action will be a uh, second wind though. Okay. Put that on myself. Come on, high roll, high roll. Eight Not bad. plus five, 13 points, that's good.
1: That's really good. So you gather up your strength to keep fighting and she looks at you with a crazed look in her eyes yes your friends aren't here to help you now <laughs> and i will get my revenge and she lunges at you ah, and hits with an 18. Dang. Oh. doing six points of damage oh my god oh shit. holy oh, shit. and she pulls out the dagger and strikes again and hits with a 20. oh, oh
3: my god no way not a
1: natural 20. a dirty 20. Okay. Okay, that did four points of damage. All right. Good thing you did that second win, man, or you'd be dead right now.
5: Yeah. All right. It's now or never. You got to take her out. I got to take her out. Disadvantage. Glaive. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, Hit. 18 t- hits. Nice. nice. Roll damage. Nice. There you go. Nice. She's done.
1: Oh, she's dead. Yep. 12
5: points of damage kills her. All right. Yeah. All right, Eric. Uh, how does it go down? Well, she's been stabbing me left and right, and, and I kind of like fell on one knee for a bit, and I had to like shake my head, and the blood and the sweat droplets come off. She's standing there gloating over me, and I just take all my strength and go, yeah, and spin her the, the glaive around once, twice, and, then, and I take her head off. Just like her brother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just like her brother.
5: (laughs) All right, so your glaive spins
1: around, and it lops off her head, and it flies through the air and lands on the bed right on the pillow. And feathers, poof float out in slow
5: motion. And then you say,
2: she was my girlfriend.
5: I'm totally I like stand there for a little bit and go ugh and fall on the bearskin rug. <laughs> okay.
1: We see a close-up of Elric's face <laughs> on the bloody bearskin rug as his eyes slowly close. And we cut back to the outside of the Lady Luck and a close up of Esmir's eyes that are they're filled with rage. And Cullen is holding Cebu, who just told you that they didn't want Pepper dead they wanted him alive. Who? Well, in my profession, we don't give up our clients' identities. I'm hired not only for my skills, but also for my discretion. Oh, are you are you willing to give up your gonads? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen next. <laughs> Sorry, Esmir. I get hired by very powerful people, and sometimes very evil people. And evil pays well, so I'm not gonna risk my livelihood or my life over your hurt feelings.
2: And I'm to shock and grasp him in the
1: balls. <laughs>
2: Who were you working for?
1: Seven. Seven damage, all right. His, you know, his body convulses and he, and, uh, he shudders from the shock, but he, he doesn't yell out. His eyes remain fixed on you as he grits his teeth.
2: Who were you working for? And where's Pepper? Well,
1: how do I put this? Ooh,
2: I'm I'm a shocking grasp on the balls again.
1: (laughs) Wait, give me a second to gather my thoughts here. (laughs)
5: Jeez.
0: (laughs) You better start speaking. He better start speaking and quick. A six. <laughs>
1: All right, that one that one caught him off guard and he lets out a yelp. Oh, but he quickly, you know, he regains his composure and he looks at you and he says he says, listen, Esmir, I'm sorry you lost your precious boyfriend but not as sorry as I am for having to spend a year listening to him blather on about a god who says practical jokes are the way to enlightenment. And if that's the case, then Gar Glittergold himself should have a picture of me on his home in the Golden Hills for the trick I played on you and yours.
2: Shut up! I'm gonna grasp him when the ball's again.
1: Ow! You could tell you can tell that one hurt and he's panting now. He's like, All right, Desmere. this has been nice catching up and all, but I've got work to do. So good luck on your new adventure career. And then poof, suddenly a puff of uh, smoke engulfs him, right? And Cullen, you can no longer feel him in your grasp. Then a second later, you guys see another puff of smoke appear on a rooftop about 500 feet down the road, and out of the smoke steps Cebu. Oh, my God.
2: is <sighs> losing her shit, and she's going to shoot a firebolt in his... You no, know, she's going to shoot some magic missiles in his direction. Okay. She, uh, Esmere is, like, completely irrational and is, like, beyond infuriated. And she's also really, really, like... Uh, like sad like profoundly sad and and so she just shoots her firebolts, uh, magic missiles out in the direction that he was at he was on a rooftop right yeah mm-hmm. yeah hope hoping that one might hit him
1: okay so you're emotional you're not thinking straight and you shoot out your magic missiles and they light up the dark street as they streak towards cebu then about a Quarter of the way there, the missiles just sputter out and dissipate when they reach their range limit. And then you see him up there silhouetted against the moonlight. He kind of gives you a wave and then disappears into the darkness as he runs along the rooftops.
3: And I'm going to look down at, at Esmir and I'm going to say, and I'm going to grab her and I'm going to turn her face towards me and say, Who in the fuck was that? <laughs>
2: And then, and then Esmir just goes limp and starts crying.
3: And so I'm going to hug her and put her face into my shoulder.
4: I think it's time we head back to Sir and get a nice hot cup of tea or beer.
0: Heroes? Well, Esme is crying and Alaric is passed out near death in his hotel room. This night of fun did not go well. It did not go well at all. Will Esmer ever find out what happened to Pepper? Who is this flaming lips guy? And does he really walk on top of people? What kind of person expects to have a new battle? And what is a Neo move and how do you do one off of someone's ass? I mean, I'm not seeing it either. Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio!
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. Well, our uh, party's night out took some interesting turns there, yes? Uh, And the main one being the incorporation of character backstory into the main campaign story. And, you know, character backstory uh, is pretty important in role-playing games because it helps the players understand what makes their character tick, right? So that they can role-play them in a way uh, that connects uh, with the character's life before they got involved in the whole adventure. And, And so basically, you're creating the character's identity, Right. And Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition plays up the importance of this by uh, making backstory or backgrounds, as they call it, a part of the character creation process. And it's simple and it's quick and it gets the ball rolling uh, because you don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Right. But even before fifth edition, many players would do this on their own because not only did it help them role play, uh, but because it was fun to do right? It's fun to create the life and identity of this imaginary hero that you're going to play in this, hopefully, epic adventure. Now, as a a game master, I enjoy getting these backstories from players who choose to do this. And when I do, uh, I always keep it in the back of my mind so that I can find a good time to sprinkle it into the campaign, right? Because if you think about it, uh, the players and myself are creating a story together. And so any opportunity to involve their work makes it feel more personal to them. And it also makes them more uh, connected to the world and story uh, that they're a part of. So anyway, Christine, you know, wrote up a pretty extensive backstory for Esmir. And I've been waiting for a good time to begin, uh, you know, sprinkling it into the campaign. And you can tell that she really got into it. And it was also fun because the other players uh, had no idea what was going on uh, because uh, Christine or Esmere uh, has not discussed uh, her past with the other characters or the players for that matter. And she had no idea that I was about to do this. Uh, so it, it, it was kind of fun, right? Uh, and we'll see where it goes and how it connects to the Scourge of the Sword Coast storyline because uh, I'm not exactly sure yet. Uh, But it'll be fun. And if you want to get some backstory on us here at Roll Radio, head over to RollRadio.com. And while you're there, check out the links to Wizards of the Coast and to Sirenscape.com, where all the amazing in-game music and sound effects come from. Uh, You want some uh, sound effects for when your players trash a hotel room? Yep, they got it. And speaking of trashed hotel rooms, tune in next week Uh, to see how Elric recovers from his night of carnal pleasures. All right, everybody, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.